Hi, my name's Becca. And I'm Morgan. And my name's Danelle. And this is a Listen Up podcast. Welcome to episode five of the Listen Up podcast. Before we get into this episode, I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who has supported us so far, whether that be liking the post on Instagram, listening to our podcast or sharing it with your friends. All the support means the world to us and we really appreciate that you're joining us on this journey. In this episode, we're talking about white privilege. We discuss our own races and the idea of visible race and how this ties into our own individual privileges. We also discuss how we can use white privilege for good and to help us to become better allies. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode, so head over to Instagram at the Listen Up Podcast to get involved with the conversation. On to the episode. I think like this whole conversation kind of stems though from that one, the post that's going around quite a lot um, from, it's by Courtney, Courtney and Design. Um, and it's just a guide to white privilege. And I think she she's kind of made white privilege through like the sharing of this post, she's made white privilege a lot more maybe understood and realized. I think so many people don't realize that the effects of their life is because of their white privilege. Um, and she's given a really good definition. Um, she said that white privilege doesn't mean that your life hasn't been hard. It means that your skin tone isn't one of the things that's making it harder. Um, and goes on to explain about how there's actually so many other forms of privilege. Like you've got um, male privilege or heterosexual privilege, but white privilege is probably actually the most enduring one throughout the whole of history. I think I like what she said here is that white privilege exists as a direct result of both historic and enduring racism biases and practices designed to oppress people of colour. Everything about white privilege is maybe you're not specifically aware of it, but just being a white person, you have to acknowledge that you have this privilege because so much of your life has been privileged towards you. Um, It's kind of that thing of um, going back to that post we saw about systemic and systematic, um, like white privilege stems from being system systemically privileged. I know that sounds silly, but like, mm-hmm. if this is like a really broad, if a black man, and obviously like, again, this, I could be wrong, but this is how I would view it. If a black person in a suit goes into a supermarket and a white person who's a little more rugged goes into a supermarket, the same supermarket, by racial bias, the security guard will look at the the black person more suspiciously than they would the white person solely because they are white and because they are white they are privileged. Because of that, because of their race, they are less likely to be seen, even though they're probably, not probably, that's not the word I want to use, they would be the one that you would be more biased to based on attire and like codes of clothing and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, because that specific person is black although they are in a suit like, oh, for example, I, said, I, I said this to you Becca yesterday that, mm-hmm. that post that went around about that black ma- male who was being yeah. by the police for two years because they couldn't believe he had such a good salary and they were investigating him for like money laundering and he did it all legit but the only reason they did it was because he was black if there was a white person yeah they they would have they wouldn't even have batted an eyelid because white is more 
in the system is engraved in our like daily lives like even just looking at like obviously there are people of color who um are doing who have like big bank accounts who are like in business but predominantly all white it's normal it becomes the norm 100% it's like um it was another post that I, I think you actually shared it with me um where this woman who had gone into a supermarket um it was in America so it was a bigger shop and she's gone in to get a Starbucks and both her and a black man had left the shop at the same time the black man had done some shopping he had a couple of carrier bags she was carrying a Louis Vuitton bag um with a Starbucks that was it and they both walked out of the shop at the same time and the alarm system went off yes and the security guard had instantly gone to the black man and said, can I search for your bags? And the woman said, well, what about me? Do you not need to search through my bags? And he instantly dismissed her, like, no, you don't You don't need to. Um, we don't need to look at you. Like, it's not you. And, I mean, she then made a point to call it out and be like, well, why is that? Like, why are you saying that? Obviously, like, the security guard knew what she was getting at. And um, the black man actually made a really valid point to be like, well, if it wasn't for everything going on in the media at the moment, would you have realised this a few months ago? And she had gone like, actually, no. Um, but then when she got to her car, she then opened up her bag and something that one of her friends had given her still had a security tag on it. So it was her bag that had set off the alarm. But the security guard was just instantly went to the black man because the white, like her white privilege, you, you just don't even bat an eyelid. You're like, it's obviously not you. Like, it is so... Like I say it's so ingrained in just the way that we think now that we then act so irrationally about things. Um, I think the thing that I thought perfectly summed up white privilege was the line that says, white privilege means you actively benefit from the oppression of people of colour. And I think that kind of sums it up so clearly. Um, and it goes on to explain like a list of examples in everyday life. And there's some examples which are a lot more visible to us. And I think over the past few years, I've kind of seen things like plasters. Like plasters oh. naturally come in a white skin tone. And to me, as a white person, I'd never even considered it. I, I didn't even realize that plasters were made to like match your skin. Just because it was just a plaster is a plaster to me. It's just like little things like that that we don't even realize. But the one that really, I think, struck a nerve with me and actually made me realize it so much is that an example of white privilege is that you expect to receive days off work for the, the holidays that are important to you. So you expect to get Christmas and Easter off work. Whereas every other religion in this country, like most other religions, you don't get a day off work for the ones that you're celebrating as, I guess, a non-Christian, non-white privileged. You don't have those days off work. I think that just really struck a nerve at me. Like I'd never thought about it like that. I never actually... Um... Because obviously, like, if you go to, like, places, so obviously, like, in, in Barbados, usually, it's not a festival. It's not like, it's not like a holiday, I guess. But, like, when they have crop over, you have, I'm pretty sure, um, I'm probably wrong. I haven't, I haven't been to crop over since I was, like, 10. Um, but it's, I'm pretty sure that, like, no one, obviously, people still go to work. But, like, a lot of people, if it's not on the, if it's a weekday, will not be at work. What is crop over? I've never it, heard of it. It's basically like Notting Hill Carnival, but okay. in the home country. Cool. Um, I think it's, it's a little more, it's um, obviously smaller, it's, uh, is it smaller crowds? The country is kind of small, but... Um, what do they do? 
it's like it's like not literally it's the definition of Nottingham Carnival just on an island. Um, it's like, uh-huh. but it's obviously like Nottingham Carnival celebrates Afrobeat. It celebrates like all different like um, cultures in terms of that like African and versus Caribbean heritage. Whereas in obviously in Barbados it's Caribbean, so it's like um, Soko Calypso. Like they have people in steel pans. Like they have, you know how I don't know if you've seen, but like online when Nottingham Carnival happens you've got the women in their like their like outfits and they're like mm-hmm. and like they're making that and they've got like obviously I've never haven't lived in Barbados so I'm not sure if it's like fest- not like festival committees or whatever but they have like them and uh, I've been to a few um I'll tell you eye-opening as a child um, <laughs> it's not like it's like hardcore like proper dancing and like something I'll never live up to <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like that that kind of leads on to how with white privilege it's obviously based on the experience of a white person um, and the privilege that you get but all of our different backgrounds mean that we've experienced different privileges or we've been impacted by white privilege in different ways um, we don't know whether like you want to kind of go into maybe a bit more about who we actually are and how that shaped our experiences I mean and now, do you want to start? Oh yeah, so like, here my family is quite close-minded compared to me because I've grew up in the UK and so like, I've seen loads of diversity and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just really weird because like people here would, I don't know, when they see someone dark, they would like ultimately assume that that person's black and then that person's bad because how they portrayed in the media. So I'm just like, it's just like weird to see like people like that still exist. Because Asian as well, like people of colour, so you assume that they're not racist, but then not all of them are racist, but the majority of them. So yeah, that I think mind? that's the thing that kind of like confuses me because I think almost as like a white person, I kind of see what you've got white people aren't discriminated against as a whole for their race but obviously as a Filipino have you ever like experienced anything because of because of your like heritage not to the extent of racism but it's just people naming me like chinky eyes and stuff like that it's mm. just like verbal verbal and um, racism but not to the extent that how black people are treated no of course being being mixed race it comes with it's like it comes with a whole mix of like I've obviously like I've never experienced as severe racism as my dad or like my 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 whole my dad's side they've obviously like experienced definitely my dad even my mum's told me stories she hates telling me them but she thinks I'm now old enough um to like know um from when he's been like stopped by the police because he's black and she's like been in the car and they're like are you okay like are you here and I'm like what the hell like how is this the fact that it's my dad he's obviously like generationally you just, I would have thought that would have been years ago mm-hmm. the fact that it's my dad and not like my great-grandfather or like mm-hmm. is where like I'm just like well, how is this still a thing because even myself I don't the, um, the fact that like if, like, I can't even think, like, I'm trying to, 
I have experienced racism from like people in, not in school, because obviously, but you can just see it kind of embedded in like the things people say, even if it's so minor, like, oh, you like chicken. And it's like, yeah, and like, that's not because I'm black. Mm -hmm. or, um, the one, the one, the, three, the one that really grates on me is when they say, um, she's blacker than you. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll be like, that doesn't make any sense. Or like, you're an Oreo, or I've been called a mongrel. Um, things like that, like, they don't offend me because go off if that's how you, if you're just going to be racist, like, go off. It doesn't bother me. I, I'm not going to cry about it. But uh, when people say things, you, I kind of think and I'm like, did that really just come out your mouth? Like, do you not see that, like, even if it's small, like, the inherent, like, little bits of racism that you're saying, even if you don't realise it, like, I just, it mind boggles me sometimes. Mm. So, I don't know, it's just ignorant of people saying that because you don't know what they go through to their like day day to day lives. Mm -hmm. And just how they say it, like I don't know, it just bothers me. No, I think the thing that just I, I just never can get my head around with things like racism and discriminating based on the way somebody looks. Like if you look at all of us three, there's we all look a certain way in that like I look white, like, Morgan, you look black, Danelle, you look Filipino. Like, that is how people look at you because they just go, oh, yeah, put you in a category. But there's so much deeper. Like, I mean, Morgan, you're literally just saying, like, how actually you're mixed race and how that gives you a whole different view. And now, like, you, you haven't actually grown up in the Philippines. You've grown up here. You've had a different experience to maybe your family who are out in the Philippines. And I think that's kind of where I've always struggled with, like, my own identity because I don't know... I... As, I'm, I'm, I mean, definitely, I'm, I'm white as far as I'm aware. Like, as far as I believe myself to be, I always identify myself as white on all the forms. Um, but like, <laughs> as technically speaking, I class as like BAME, which I always find absolutely crazy because my dad is half Indian, so obviously I'm then quarter Indian. I still, I don't feel right classing myself as Indian because nobody looks at me and goes by the colour of my skin or the way I look. Yeah. They don't discriminate against me because I look Indian. Whereas yeah. so many other people who are Indian or even in my own family who look a lot more Indian than me, they're going to get different treatment or discriminated or prejudiced because of the way that they look, like literally just because of their skin. I think that's where I find things a bit crazy because like how... How does that even work? Like, I just don't get it. I don't get how, I don't know. It's just one of those things I just physically can't even put into words my thoughts on it. Like, because I don't think it's right to identify myself as BAME because I've been so privileged in that I look white and I've never had, I've never faced any discrimination for being white or for being mixed race in a way. You know how when we, this is very difficult, sorry for anyone who doesn't have it <laughs> but, um, when we studied subject to culture we did the white subject and like when i wrote that section for my assignment i did it on being mixed race and like am i white or am i black like people put you pigeonhole you into holes where it's like um you're this or you're this but i'm both mm -hmm. so how do you differentiate like who i am as a person because ultimately i would identify with both sides but because i'm black they immediately see my see my blackness over um anything else they don't they don't see my white if they see my whiteness they see it negatively because they're like oh you're white but if they see my blackness 
there is even more negative than it would be because I'm white, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think like, um, it, I mean, I've kind of spoken to both of you in your own separate ways about this, but like, it's mad to me as well how like within cultures that I guess how dark or light your skin is also impacts how people see you. So like, I mean, and now you were talking about like how in the Philippines, like skin lightening is such a big thing. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Cause like, I don't know, it was like during World War II, I think we were like colonized by Americans. So obviously American had like a lot of impact on Filipinos as well as like the Spanish. Um, so yeah, every time I go to like shopping malls, I just see loads of um, bleaching and whitening stuff, which not only in the Philippines happens, apparently it's also like in different um, Asian countries like India. <laughs> yeah, um, I read that she'd once described it as like racism's daughter, colorism. And how mm -hmm. Definitely. And like a lot of people do whiten that, like they do promote a lot of like whitening of the skin because it's the ideal type. And I don't yeah. get that that narrative has been built so much in society. So like for example, looking at makeup, the fact that like the majority of makeup brands who aren't made by a person of color, um, the shades are always catered towards the lighter skin tones, and then you have mm -hmm. token black, black darker skin tones. We'll say, um, and obviously like. Again, that's my privilege because I am mixed. Because I have white in me, there are colours that are suited to my skin tone. Not accurately, but there's somewhat going to be somewhere in a makeup brand that is suited to my skin. I have white in me. Whereas if, um, for example, a lot of my family members on my dad's side, or like even my friends, um, their skin doesn't match up to the, the three skin tones that each brand has because being being a black person doesn't mean you're all the same shade so like mm -hmm. there's so many different shades like of like brown black and it's like so you've clustered us all into this one thing but you've allowed the privilege of being white to give you like endless choices not even just with makeup just with life in general mm. no it's so true i think that kind of that what we were talking about the other day with how when you're a kid and you're in school and you're doing some coloring they literally identify the peach pencil as skin coloured. Oh yeah, I saw that. Calling myself in pink. Dude, yeah. I didn't really that, that that was my mindset as well. Like I colour like human beings, like that peach colour. I have like such vivid memories of just being like, oh can I have like the skin coloured pencil? And just thinking mm. nothing of it because obviously that that's the way that we, we kind of are taught and I think then you just carry on thinking that and obviously it's important to then acknowledge that that's not right and we should be start making changes there but there's there's no denying that that happened and I think that has definitely shaped like just acceptance in general life like I don't even bat an eyelid to things like that because to me it seems so normal whereas obviously as if I was growing up in a different person's shoes if someone's saying pass me the skin colored pencil like that could just be so I don't know, like belittling. Yeah. It's like, Rich, what is it? What is it? Um, Richard Dyer talked about that on the white subject. Oh, I love Richard Dyer. I'll give you a quote. I'll give you a little quote. <laughs> he said that whiteness is often taken to be the default race, a norm that doesn't require consideration. Which is so true. I think that's the thing. He also said that like whites 
white he literally said like whites are everywhere in representation everywhere mm-hmm. you'll never find anything where a white person is not represented but you'll always find something where a black person a trans person uh lg any type of lgbt religion is not represented mm-hmm. are represented they are the token the token person of that group to highlight oh no we're inclusive yeah not true it's like right back to the whole thing of just getting a picture of as many diverse people as you can find to put into a prospectus to make it look like you're diverse. Mm. No, it's, it's such a dangerous mindset, I think. And it's important to actually be able to acknowledge that our whole society is formed on the foundations of white privilege because then as a white person, you can begin to actually go, well, how can I make the change or how can I use this to... To like better each other so um like just as a white person myself i think i'm trying to start focusing more on this whole idea of listening more and amplifying the voices of people of color i think that's such an important thing rather than just speaking for people um yeah. i think that's kind of where it's been so important with this movement is using social media to amplify those voices yeah but also then actually confronting these racial injustices, even if that's in your own house or in your own family, or when you've got kids, is not teaching them that this is the skin colour pencil. It's saying, well, let's use the peach pencil, let's use the coffee coloured pencil. I don't know, like coming up with better names rather than branding it as a skin colour. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you seen the um, doll test experiment? Basically, they um, get a bunch of children and they um, get like two dolls. One is like colored. Oh, the doll test. Yeah, the doll test. One is colored, one is white. And then the interviewer would ask the children, um, they would ask They would ask them which one looks bad. And then most of them would point to the colored one. Oh my God, yeah, because you, I thought you said the Dalton test and I was like, what is the Dalton? <laughs> the doll test. The doll test. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. I think if you even look into like films and TV, when it's even even in like the, they do it in like the slightest ways, and they might not they might not even know that they're doing it because it's so ingrained in society. The way people they dress black people in comparison to the way they'll dress a white person, or the, the uh, they'll get a black person to say against the words they'll get a white person to say. It's so like it's, it's you can see how visible visible how they're trying to show like visibly through like media how races are defined mm. that i have really been having in terms of like white privilege and stuff like that is about i've had it a couple times a couple people have messaged me asking me about reverse racism mm. and how, like how that how do they fall under the category of reverse racism and like how does that like play into into fruition and it's it is a it's, it sounds it's very easy to say that it's not complicated, but it actually is quite complicated because I had to do a lot of research into it myself because I wanted to be like I wanted to if I was sharing it with them I wanted to be like as correct as possible, but I can only base it off my own understanding. More research I still need to do, but like from my understanding, it was the idea that like per, like personally for me, I would say it doesn't exist because. I think the argument bases around that, like, can't be racist to someone who's not of colour. Well, obviously, when I say not of colour, I mean not a person of colour, like, black, Asian, mm-hmm. almost. 
because systemically a white person will always regardless of whether a black person has more money of them in society will always be more privileged and superior so you can't be the um the term of racism is coined from that and how like it's about what's the word like not bringing down i can't think of the word in my head uh, it's about the um the oppression of the, mm-hmm. of the race and because that race is people of color always oppressed you just you like basically can't oppress white people yeah i think the problem with um people thinking that reverse racism is a real thing is because if you look at the definition of racism it says something along the lines of racism being a prejudice or discrimination directed towards someone of a different race and that's under the it normally kind of pushed with the belief that your race is superior and i think it's then so easier so easy for people to then go well if it's prejudice against another race because i believe my own race is superior then surely we could have white people can be a victim of racism but the problem is you have to then take into consideration so many other things like there is a power structure and like the whole idea of white privilege is it is based on this whole systemic thing like there is this power structure which is perpetuating racism to be it just doesn't actually like i think it's so easy to just see it and go yeah yeah well it's discrimination but actually it's based so much more on that oppression of others that you're saying and like living in a society where people aren't equal and actually yeah that's why as much as yeah there's going to be white people who are facing discrimination or facing prejudice by other people it's is not racism because racism has to operate on not only the individual level but the institutional level 100% I think I saw this one which was like at his core racism is a system in which a dominant race benefits off the oppression of others I think that's that sums it up in itself like white people are not oppressed and you can't it's like the same way about how there's lots of people going around saying well why can't we make jokes about things like sexism or um i don't know like racism but it's like yeah you can't make jokes as the oppressor of the people you're oppressing yeah exactly yeah i think it's such a complicated area it's such an interesting thing to discuss though because like Obviously, if you're trying to explain it to someone as well, I, I know that there's this thing going around that like people of color sh- aren't here to educate you, mm-hmm. um, which I completely agree with. But when you're having conversations, I think it's good to like to for someone to do the research and then have a conversation to explain like why. That's yeah, that makes sense. I think yeah, that's yeah. like that is like the fundamental thing with everything at the moment. It's like yeah, but you shouldn't be going up to somebody and saying well, what teach me this like do the work yourself there's so many resources out there and like I mean hopefully this podcast will be a resource in itself but Mm. it's actually the conversations afterwards that help you to understand things and put it into perspective so rather than coming up to somebody and saying what is reverse racism why don't you go up to them and say so I saw um, I read this thing that was saying reverse racism is this like what's your opinion on it or how have you been impacted by this And then actually opening up meaningful conversations rather than just talking to someone to get them to <laughs> do the work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah, I think it's just a bit a bit dangerous, really. It is, because it just means that, like, again, it's somewhat informative. Ah, oh, so what can you tell me? It highlights mm. as much as you're wanting to learn from the person, you want the person who has been oppressed to do the work for you. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like oh also showcases oh listen to me I'm trying to do my research but I'm doing it through you yeah mm-hmm. it's not just that it's like you you should listen to the people of color and just like try to understand if you were in that position and then mm-hmm. later on you can take your performative like allyship yeah I think the thing as well is like you have to be open to being wrong yeah I think that's the thing everyone's scared about being wrong and that's why people don't post yeah. and hate themselves mm-hmm. hate to be yeah. wrong. people forget that like it's about growth yeah yeah 100% I think it's kind of back to that whole thing of it's a marathon not a sprint like we're not all racing to find a cure like we know that there's not a, a cure for racism it's something that we all have to work together to yeah. kind of to overturn um so you have to be wrong and I think that the best analogy that I've seen so far is like when you're learning to play the piano you don't just not play the piano because you're scared of making a mistake or doing it wrong you play it you make mm-hmm. the mistakes you learn from the mistakes and then eventually you become a better piano player and you continuously learn how to become a better player it's the same with race like you talk about it, you make a mistake, you need to learn how to apologize properly. That's such a big part of making a mistake. You have to be able mm. to actually acknowledge like, oh, I've made a mistake, but pinpoint where that mistake was made, apologize to that person, don't put yourself first. Don't be like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say this. Literally just be like, I said this, I now realize it was wrong. I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm gonna be trying to do something to like better myself in the future make those mistakes and then you can actually eventually go on to not perfect it but be able to have those conversations a lot easier without making any mistakes mm. and i just saw a really good tweet as well, which i think sums it up but it was like i'd rather offend a few of my white friends than bury one of my black friends well that and that really hit home and it, yeah, it's such a it's such a complex topic but again a, comp- a, t- a complex topic that we have to speak about definitely I feel like the the lesson in every single conversation we've had so far is you just have to acknowledge that we're all learning everybody's still learning even if you think that you're the absolute expert even if you're taking information from somebody who's out there giving it to you they're still probably learning like nobody knows everything nobody knows the answers to everything yeah Yeah. and change doesn't happen like overnight it takes it takes time as well, so everyone's still learning. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Listen Up podcast. As always, we want to hear from you. So head over to our Instagram page at the Listen Up podcast to share your thoughts on everything we've discussed today. We normally post episodes every Friday at 4pm, however we are going to be taking a little mid-season break, so we'll be back again in two weeks' time with a brand new episode. However, we're going to be still posting on Instagram and we want to keep the conversation going whilst we're offline. 